I will just start recording. Got it. Okay. So what's going to happen is, um, yeah, we're already eight minutes in. So 30 minutes into the meeting, um, the meeting will be cut short because uh, with three people here and uh, I mean, not three people, three participants here. Um, and we only have 40 minutes cap. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, my dog is. Just give me one second. Sit down. Yeah, having a dog is always <laughs> quite adventurous. All right, I will start recording on my end as well. So you were saying something about the 40 minute. Okay, this is a 40. Okay, this is a 40 minute meeting. So after 30 minutes, it will cut short. Then we I'll right. just join again on the same. Yeah, meeting. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, we could have used our my Zoom, which would continue. Uh, yeah, but then you will have to record it at your end and share that recording with me, uh, which will be a pretty yeah. heavy fight. So that's uh, always, it's always an issue. Okay. Um, it's always very surprising how, sorry. For recording, I need your permission. Oh, do you want to record it? Post end? permission. You, you said I, you, I should, right? No, no. That would be if, if it was your Zoom meeting. Go ahead. You were saying that it's surprising. I was saying that um, ever since I started doing like this content creation, it's it's surprising how um, technical it really is, and you really don't expect. Like when I first used to listen to podcasts, it was I used to think, um, yeah. oh, you know, it's just a podcast. It's two people sitting and talking. But actually, if you think about it, and like going through that funnel myself of like focusing on audio quality, focusing on like all mm. the metrics that um, really retain people, right? Um, on like it, audio quality is actually more important than, than video quality. And, you know, like the story is more important yeah. than um, all of that. So that has been quite a learning curve to understand like all of the points that you can kind of optimize. So like the engineer in me kind of really gets excited um, to understand how to like make a really good podcast, mm. both content-wise and production-wise. Do you also edit, are you going to edit this in between or should I keep, because there might be a disturbance in between for like a minute. Yeah, no, that's all right. Uh, I mean, of course. So what I try to do is um, I try to have like a transcript of, of the entire podcast. Uh, I share that with hmm. you. So if there are post um, recording, if there are certain parts that you feel like are um, you don't want them to be included for whatever reason. Um, then I can sure. go kind of go back in and, and cut out those parts. Um, and yeah, like normal audio disturbances, or uh, if we have some problems with the video, I'll, I'll try to like edit and make it more uniform. But yeah. Sure. Cool. All right. Perfect, sir. Okay. Um, so let's let's begin. Welcome back, everyone. Um, this is Gyan Central Unhinged. We have a very special guest with us today. Um, we have Samir. Uh, Samir, why don't you quickly tell a little bit about yourself and then I really want to get into how this came about and uh, what we are going to talk about today. Yeah, uh, so I'm Samir. Uh, I work as an independent contractor uh, to run and support incubators and accelerators. Uh, I work with an ACIR, which is a US-based NGO, which works with the US government. In 
incubators and accelerators uh, we run the nexus incubation program which is in delhi uh, so i am in the incubation startup since 2017 which is when it started uh, so i worked with us government as an employee but then later now i work as an independent contractor so i get to work with multiple incubators and accelerator in india and south asia and support them to set up programs and and etc uh, before that i was an entrepreneur myself so i was running in fact we are sitting in my old office uh, so i was running my own organization which 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 sells uh, and produce home decor products and sell it on e-commerce websites so that's what that's what the background is again i'm here to talk about nfts and crypto so my crypto journey started in 2016 that's when i bitcoin and paper handed it uh, so yeah so that's the that's the crypto journey parallel yeah that's that's great and i i really want to talk about how we like how we ended up doing this podcast because um so i reached out to pavni right so pavni is someone that we both know um and i actually yeah. worked with her in her in her startup back in oh, it's been so long i think 20 16 2017 um about mm-hmm. four years ago it was like a fitness based startup that that she had co-founded and i was like one of the content writers and i reached out to her asking uh, you know i i really want to talk and connect with other nft and web3 experts and she connected me with you um and yeah, yeah i think like that's very exemplary of um like me doing this this content writing thing and um, like really consciously meeting new people um and yeah like which leads to great conversations like we're going to have today um yeah so nft is right how like so you started in 2016 so i feel like you were quite ahead of the curve how how do you think like how has your journey in in crypto and nfts been over the past 4 or 5 years like how, did you start with like a financial this thing in mind that okay you know i need to make money which i feel high how oh. i start um all the yeah. now it has been more awareness and um application oriented but like how did you start then and how do you look at it now i i think in 2016 so 2016 is when i bought but i was tracking bitcoin from like 2012 and 13 when it was very low there was a big hack which happened mount gox hack uh which so i think bitcoin was 1300 dollars went to around like lost 99% of the value and at that time i was very young i was in college so i'm like this is i i'm i mean this is shit i i think this is bad and i think at that time because i was also in college i did not give too much of uh, you know at too, too much of thought to okay what is the tech behind it and everything i was just looking at okay it's an investment something new and you know on the surface level i did not i did not read much about it so in 2016 i saw it again i think it was at 200 dollars or 150 dollars right that's when we decided and that's when i was running my business so i had had some money as well to put it in right uh, so that's when we i decided to dig deeper and find out okay what is the technology why is this still surviving because i thought it died in 2013 so again i read a, a bit about it but then uh, i think i just jumped in my thought was that okay if even if i lose i will lose 200 dollars okay let it be let's just let's just try because once my thought was okay once i'll try i will read more about it if it will increase okay so then that, that was the point when i invested and i i i bought it 
and that's when i think in 2016 mid 2016 that's when it started to go up and of course at the start of 2017 well when we had a big bull run when it had it hit $20000 of course we were not going to talk about how i sold it earlier but then anyway <laughs> but i think that was the point and my intention was i think uh, all my life like i come from a tier 3 city right in moradabad uh, so i always thought that if i want to get out of circle internet is my way right because everybody knows in my circle the same thing so if i want to get out internet is where i can find information and can get out right and do multiple things so i was always excited about okay what is happening in e-commerce and of course i founded an e-commerce company so i was always on the internet searching and curious about new things which are happening so when this came up i'm like this can change the world and the, i mean of course at that time you don't think that it is going to be so big that it become a trillion dollar asset but at that point i was thinking okay this can be something which is interesting and maybe you know what you lose is like 200 dollars okay let's just put in the money okay then you start researching and find out what is happening so that's what that's what the whole that's what the whole concept was that i wanted to be part of something which is new i thought this is interesting of course there was i won't say there was no monetary angle i thought it can go up and of course when it goes down then it hurts i mean you treat loss in a very different way than you treat profit right so if things are going down you you feel bad right uh, and when things are going up it's fine so that's when i ended uh, i ended up buying bitcoin and researching but i think the whole idea was that this is something which can change the world and which can which can become very big so that's how it uh, that's how it uh, it triggered and and i ended up researching more 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 about it yeah that makes sense um i would love to hear from an expert about um why can it change the world like why is this such a big deal what is it about crypto because um not just crypto but like decentralization um uh even blockchain and we'll get into nfts um on the surface when <clears throat> so i i am i'm very new to all of this right only i, I started <laughs> learning more about this um maybe last year um i've had friends who who have like literally made hundreds of thousands of dollars from like school right that's a different thing they already had a lot of money from like their family and parents and they could spare yeah. put it in put it in here but um i have kind of second hand seen the impact of bitcoin um but i was never really that financially aware or financially um interested in in something like this right because like wealth generation or or um creating more money something like that, like that was never um on my radar um so when i did start getting into this last year um i think one of the first questions that came to my mind was why is this such a big deal like ledger it was like we have normal ledger software like what's so different yeah, yeah, than yeah. using an excel sheet to track things and using um like blockchain to track things so i would love to hear your maybe answer to that question right like so if someone um i don't i don't know if this is like a faq that you also get a lot um as a yeah. blockchain enthusiast but or like a crypto enthusiast but like why is it revolutionary um and like what's yeah. what's the big deal about this 
I think, so first of all, that's a great question and I do get this all the time. So I think uh, let's start from how, so like I told you in 2016, I invested the money, but it was more still like, you know, I don't know the tech. So I just put it in the money, $200 I lose. When it started making it, it, it doubled, it tripled, it went to 80,000. And that's when I sold it uh, in like <laughs> a month, right? Uh, but then once you see something going so up, then means there is an inherent, maybe there is an inherent value, right? Because mm-hmm. maybe people know more than I know. So that's when I started reading more about, okay, what is blockchain? How does it work, right? So first of all, I think what is revolutionary is the inherent technology, which is blockchain, okay? So if you want to understand blockchain, let me try to make it simple, right? And so if you want to understand blockchain, the thing is, it, it is a digital ledger, like you said, right? What is a ledger? In a ledger, you record transactions. Okay. So what's so unique about this? Now, when you record the transactions, I am, let's say you are recording my transactions in my company. I am dependent on you. You can make mistakes, you can change it, or you can do anything with it. I have to trust you, right? So inherently, I am trusting you. If if you have your got it okay yeah. so i think I'll, I'll i'll just quickly start from why you why why this all of this is such a big thing right and uh, like i said i also did not know but when i jumped in then i had to read because i thought people know what maybe i don't know uh, so i'll tell you what is the biggest blockchain first it is a digital ledger like you said uh, but so what is so unique like you said about digital ledger uh, so if I'm making a ledger, let's say you are making entries in the in your book of accounts, you are making a ledger, then I have to inherently trust you, right? So I'm trusting you as a person that you will not make mistakes. And of course, as humans, we will make mistakes, right? Uh, we have incentives which are sometimes not aligned, okay? So let's look at banks, right? If banks are making a ledger, they can change anything they want, right? So it's not immutable. So once you have, once the banks have made an entry, they can, of course, if they want, they can change it. Anybody can change it, right? But wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah, okay. So we'll, we'll jump back uh, and I apologize, I'm sorry. I happen to be in Muradabad and I wanted to be in Delhi. But anyway, we'll cut this, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can leave it. I don't mind at all. <laughs> <laughs> no, we can leave. We can cut it. Okay, yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I think uh, inherently what you are doing in digital ledgers is you are trusting somebody else. And what blockchain removes is you don't have to trust anybody. You trust the code. Now, that's something which was not possible earlier before Bitcoin, right? So I would suggest, and I have done this, I've read many times the Bitcoin white paper, right? So Satoshi Nakamoto, the person who wrote that, we still don't know who he is. But uh, see, earlier, what was not possible is, suppose you have to make a digital currency, right? Uh, Now, you take a picture of 10 rupee note and you send it to me. What's wrong with it is, I can send it to anybody else. I can copy it. So there is no way to restrict that. There is no way to, there is also, there is also no way to, to identify that this belongs to you. You might have just taken a picture of any other 10 rupee node or 100 rupee node and send it to me. Right. So now what blockchain does is it's a digital ledger, first of all, but it's a digital ledger, which is done by the code. Okay. So how this works is let's say there are, there is you, there is me, and there are 10 other people in the room, right? 
I suppose sent you ten rupees, and I announce it in the room. Okay, so I'm announcing it in the room, and everybody is noting it on their papers. Okay, now let's say there is a transaction which is happening between a person A to person B. Now they are also announcing it in the room. As they are announcing, everybody in the room is recording it, right? So now what happens is you and me we cannot change it because everybody recorded it. Make sense? Now what happens is block. How how does the blockchain works, right? So at one block, let's say we wrote Adil sent Samir ten rupees. In the second block, we wrote Samir sent fifty rupees to person B. Right now, what happens is, have you seen the uh, stack of discs? Right, earlier we used to have these CDs, which which will be stacked. Right, so it is it is like this, exactly like this. Right, so it is like a flat surface, and there is a and you put one CD and then you put the other CD. Now the only way to to, to take out the CD which came first. is to put everything out right so you put one transaction second transaction so what is happening is that transactions are stacking up right one after the other so there is one transaction there is second transaction there is third transaction so let's suppose we did the first transaction so adil sent me 10 rupees first now if adil wants to change it he will have to remove all the transactions and change it right but as adil is changing all the transaction everybody in the room can see it right and would objective like we just sent it right how can you change it so imagine this happening on computers which are distributed across the world okay imagine millions of computers who are recording each and every transaction and distributed across the world okay so first of all can you can you collaborate with those computers let's say that you can there is a possibility of a 51% attack right so if you collaborate with 50% 1% of the nodes you can change it but now how that is they are not going to happen that is like an impossibility is all the nodes are distributed across the world who are recording this now see this is not happening you and me recording this is happening on the code automatically okay so when somebody wants to change it they would have to change all the transactions which has happened after that right so on bitcoin there are transactions which are happening every second if you want to change one trend and why would you want to change a trend let's suppose you send me 100 bitcoin but you want to send like you want to say that you have sent me 1000 bitcoins right that's why monetary benefit now what happens is that a network has a value because it is immutable it cannot be changed now let's say tomorrow you know that somebody was able to change a transaction on bitcoin now bitcoin network is let's say worth a trillion dollar today suddenly that is everybody knows this now it has no value so you have no incentive right now to change anything or to do that fraud even for 51% attack if you do a 51% attack bitcoin will lose its value and you That's won't be able to cash out so incentives and everything so incentives and everything is aligned because let's say you have half 500 billion dollars right it's a government you have 500 billion dollars you bought half of the network right now you control 51% of the nodes you want to change it you can but we can see everything on the chain right we can see all the transactions so we know somebody controls it and now suddenly bitcoin has no value right you can always make a set another bitcoin which is immutable so when when it has lost value it has the whole network has lost value right so in 11 years 11 years yes in 11 12 now 13 years there has no change in the in in the in the in the blockchain right of course i'm not talking we'll try to not talk technically here right because i understand the audience is more non technical and i am also not technical right i cannot code i can only read code 
So I will try to explain as I understand it. There might be some mistakes in 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 how technically this works, but what I'm saying is the how how the whole blockchain is right. So now you see that there are blocks, right, which are happening. So there are blocks which are formed every second. So if you want to change the first block, you would have to change every block, right? So every every transaction. So you understand how this is so immutable, right? It cannot be changed because everything is stacked on top of the other so it's making a chain so it's a blockchain now bitcoin is one use of that right bitcoin made use of that by making uh, by making a cryptocurrency right which solved the problem of digital currency like now you cannot send me a 10 rupee note but you can send me bitcoin right so the code ensure that when you are sending me bitcoin you have that bitcoin so you're not clicking a picture from anybody else you actually have that in your wallet and when i am getting it that means that i am receiving it and i can send it to anybody else as well right so bitcoin solved that problem now another net another use case then when ethereum came right and again i am bringing ethereum because we are going to talk about nfts right so ethereum is another cryptocurrency but what it did was it added a concept of smart contracts okay what is a smart contract it is simply a contract which is smart right which is automate which does things automatically so suppose uh uh you and me we decide that you know you hire me or i hire you and we say that okay i am going to send you 10000 dollars every month right now you don't have to trust me i will put it in the code as long as you do your work you will automatically receive 10000 dollars every month okay it's on chain it's coded and of course it's just a simple use case but you can do multiple things but you see where this is going the whole idea of blockchain is that it it wants to build a trustless society trustless means that you don't have to trust humans because humans can or humans can also the incentives are sometimes not aligned right but once you put on code code does not differentiate on the basis of anything so code can run the contract so that's how that's how the whole the whole system would work so ethereum brought the smart contract concept where you can do multiple things right you can code in that after the whole defi which is decentralized finance is built on ethereum because you can code in that once this happen this happens so if and then if then concept you can put it in the in ethereum and you can code it and you don't have to trust uh, anybody else uh, so that explains like why i also thought that this is going to change things now let's talk about where it has come okay so when this happened 2016 2017 and then there was a huge crash there was a big big winter from 2017 mid 2017 till at least 2019 and after that it starts uh, going up so at that time there were people who were building right build there were many use cases which are assumed in 2016 that bitcoin is going to change the world blockchain is going to change the world right and and there are many people who ask that okay where is it like why don't we see those use cases right so i would say that initially whenever any new technology comes right there is euphoria there is enthusiasm though it's going to change the world everything is going to happen and then you raise a lot of funding and there is a lot of uh, money flowing in the market but then you realize that it it is going to take time right there are issues there are securities you are talking about dealing with trillion dollars of assets right uh, there are crashes which which destroys even 100 million dollars 100 billion dollars in a day so when you are talking about those type of technology it is going it it takes time it takes time we initially assume that it is going to be is it is going to 
just happen quickly, but it does not, right? The most of the smart people in the world are working in the blockchain industry, but it's still, it is going to take time. So when that winter was happening, there were many protocols which were being built, many use cases. Uh, so now there are, uh, again, I have to check this number, but there are 30%, 40% of the banks who are using blockchain to send their money among themselves, right? Not for the public, but among themselves, which is one big use case. So that's, that's, I mean, that, that, that's happening, but that's why I think it's a big use case. And of course we'll jump into NFTs. I don't want to start NFTs, but I hope I answer your question. Yeah. Why I think it is a big thing. Uh, so I'm just writing down lots of notes because I have so many points that um, I want to explore further. So I do want to dive a little more deeper into blockchain, right? Because I feel um, from whatever you just said, there's so many different things that we can um, kind of uncover a little bit more before we jump into NFTs. Um, so I, I think I would like to add that um, one example that really helped me kind of uh, reorient myself and understand what blockchain was, was this idea that um, in banks, you have one single copy of everything that has happened, right? All the transactions. But like you said, in blockchain, you have hundreds and thousands of copies, if not more, right? So if someone had to um, yeah. make some change or if someone had to um, do anything unscrupulous, they, they would have to make that change in all of the thousand copies, which just makes it exponentially harder to do. Um, I also had the 50% yes. problem because I've, I've read that a lot. Uh, so you already answered it, which is great. I would also highly recommend um, the listeners to go read the white paper um start with the bitcoin maybe even the ethereum uh the bitcoin you will have to read a few times i think i've read it like about a dozen times i still haven't yeah, fully yeah, understood yeah. it um but yeah definitely read it because i think just the way that he has explained it and like the technology itself and and the fact that it is available to everyone that's i think revolutionary in and of itself um but i i do want to get into a, a, a few things right and um so the first is we talked about uh, there being co copies of these ledgers across all the nodes, right? So when I first heard about that concept, my instant question was that um, we have millions of, I mean, I'm, I'm sure by now we'll have, we have millions of uh, nodes using Bitcoin, right? Or nodes uh, using, like doing transactions. Mining Bitcoin. Right. Not just yeah. mining, but like doing transactions, right? Either people are sending money for NFTs or for other things. Even Absolutely. within Bitcoin, I know that um, like mainstream companies are now uh, uh, working on the blockchain, right? Like TechMindra is, I think, one of like the top fifty named by Forbes. Um, so how does how does like the this so each ledger is saved within each node, right? But how does it work like physical space wise? Because I would imagine that if I need to have um, the entire entries of the entire like the, the whole blockchain on my device like from like a physical standpoint of like a non-technical person i would imagine that yeah itna space to nahi hoga na like how does that work like is, is there so is there so you don't the, sorry go ahead no i was just saying like how, how does it work like it seems very um implausible that you would be able to save that much data on your device and still have it function for for like other things yeah, so I think that's where the mining concept of mining comes in, right? Like how, how so you can, you want to run a node, you can run a node, but mostly you would be a user, 
right so as a user you don't have to run a node to trust the system right but you if you want to run a node you can run a node and there are thousands of people who run nodes across the world now the thing is why do they run the nodes and running a node definitely means keeping the whole copy of all the transactions right so every transactions is being recorded and it is there they have a copy right why would would they do that because and that's why the 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 white paper is such a such a you know it's a beauty in its own in the way that how the incentives are aligned right so uh, how bitcoin works is that you mine the you mine bitcoins right and it is literally like mining you do the you like you have heard about mining right you you'd put the work and you get the gold or the yeah. diamonds out similarly now here what you are doing is you are putting your system let's say facebook servers are in one place or let's say distributed across five places in the world similarly bitcoin servers are in these nodes now they are now servers running has a cost right if you want to run a server similarly if you want to run a node it has a cost now why would, why would you put that cost because that gives you bitcoins right initially It, and that's how the design is right initially you used to get more bitcoins so when 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 bitcoin started you used to get more bitcoins right for mining now how mining works to understand it let's assume that there is an excel sheet which you are opening okay now as the excel sheet is growing you need more and more computer power to open it you have seen how if you open the large excel files it your your computer hangs or stuck right so to open large excel files you need more computing power so as the transaction increases you need more and more and more power to to open that right so initially you used to get less bitcoins but imagine when the price of bitcoin was 1 dollar you used to get more bitcoins so let's say if you get 100 bitcoins you will still make 100 dollars now you get i think 6.25 it is always it 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 has halved been i don't know if you have heard of this but every 4 years the the bitcoin you get from mining is half right so uh, from 100 it is half but then the price is increasing accordingly right so right now even though if you get 6.5 bitcoin or 6.25 the value is more right so ultimately you care about the dollar value so miners put in their miners put in their uh, computing power to mine the bitcoins and also protect the network and that's how there is there are three things of decentralization which again we will talk later about it but that's how the mining works and they protect. so as a user you don't have to worry about that what you should check is that every network should have more nodes right at least thousands of nodes which again bitcoin has lot of nodes uh, which means there are that number of copies and miners are putting the effort as a user what you are trusting is you are trusting that the nodes are distributed right if the nodes are in only one country let's say in china or let's say in india then maybe that country can control now bitcoin nodes are distributed across the world that means yeah so uh, so you don't have to download it they are downloading it and you are basically trusting the nodes and the nodes are basically the code so you are not trusting anybody you are trusting the whole network you are trusting the code which is better than trusting anybody else yeah does and that make also, sense yeah that, that does um also i've heard that um bitcoin has there only a limited quantity of bitcoin in the world right that you can mine and i think 21 million yeah and i think um maybe it's like late 2020 i i'm forgetting the year but like after a year the last bitcoin will be mined and then like and that's kind of the i think it will, it is 2140 hmm 
ஒன்னோட <laughs> right yeah that makes sense um and i think one one thing which i would add sorry is that see ultimately what it is solving is the trust part right and the world runs on trust right so if you can put that trust on code then that can solve lot of problem right you have heard about agent principle problem right mm. like uh, agent principle problem is everywhere and everybody is trying to solve that problem so simple explanation of an agent principle problem is if i hire let's say if i hire somebody and they want to do they have to do the work the incentives should be aligned which are not always which is not always the case but bitcoin or blockchain can solve that trust problem by putting that on 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 chain yeah i i have a linkedin post about this so if anyone wants to go there i'll link it down in the description but yeah um that that makes sense i think you answered my question my question was going to be why is uh, a trustless society so important um i know i i i saw that you mentioned about um banks using a blockchain within um each other right which i find really interesting because it's a little ironic right like that a centralized entity is using a decentralized system within themselves um so i would love to know your thoughts on um why like what is the impact of um adoption of such a technology by centralized entities right especially uh given like we had the budget recently right and even though bitcoin was taxed at 30% which i didn't really understand um what like that kind of legitimized the technology within india right so i think that will give way to um it becoming more mainstream but i've also always wondered and and wanted to ask other enthusiasts um that what does it mean for the government because like the government is basically as a centralized entity endorsing something that is um quite opposite to what it is right um so i'd be curious on like i don't know enough about this but like what is the government stake in this do they have uh like an incentive in promoting bitcoin or you know like um helping it becoming mainstream or is it just something that either you either you get on the train or you move aside so i i think i would refrain from commenting on government takes right because the uh, government put in that okay now you pay 30% tax and 1% tds but then they also clarified later that this does not mean that they are legitimizing the bitcoin or they are legitimizing cryptocurrencies which is weird if you ask me but anyway so that's their take now i think the inherent question you are asking is basically why because this is against what maybe government wants to control the money right why would they endorse exactly it? so i think 
there is a again there is another podcast by Naval Ravikant okay on mm-hmm. on on whole uh, i think it is on the tim ferris show on so he talks about how the and and there are various uh, posts on twitter by balaji on this like why government so it's now becoming so what i said was that the nodes are distributed across the country right so one country would not control it now it becomes a game of innovation right who are controls innovation controls or can grow their economies right we have seen about us did with their economy because they are innovative economies right so now when you see that most intelligent people are building something related to blockchain or bitcoin or ethereum or they are they are building tech now now it becomes a country game who wants to attract the talent right i have personally seen uh, talent moving from out of india to these countries right uh, they are moving to switzerland they are moving to singapore they are moving to dubai so now the country are looking at that right uh, i don't know if you have, if you have followed but if you follow in the us as well there are many states who are attracting bitcoin enthusiasts so miami and florida they are putting regulations which are favorable for crypto enthusiasts to move because they see those intelligent people who are building and making making moves now what every country risk is by banning it or by you know not supporting it they risk losing that talent they risk they risk losing build, let's imagine your country is going to build a next amazon next apple and now you suddenly lose that talent right we 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 are very happy when we see that uh, you know google is led by an indian but we but it's not built in india as well right it could have been built in india right so every country is now it's it becomes see it has become so big now now it's a talent war across the world right across the country so anybody banning it is risking losing quite good of a talent which can build companies in the future and of, of course everybody want innovation everybody wants to attract jobs right so i personally talk to many people in the industry and all of them don't still don't want to set up in india right which is bad for us because we lose the talent and i know that we have a very good talent highly technical talent all the companies in the nfts not because not all but many good companies would have somebody a developer or somebody from india right building but unfortunately they cannot do that they, they don't want to establish their base in india it's not that it's not happening at all but there are many moments which is have which are with with that talent is moving outside so to answer your questions i think uh it's like with the again i don't know exactly how they would think right but with the government they don't accept until they have to right so until unless there would be a point where they have to because of the consequences they will right but then nobody i think nobody can risk banning it right now you know if they want to i think they can they can still ban it uh, but the incentives are in not in their favor because there will always be another country which will incentivize it right so i i don't know if you know but portugal is incentivizing movement of crypto enthusiasts because they offer 0% tax then thailand also put 0% tax and you many other small small countries because now they see it as an opportunity so if india bans it do you think everybody everybody will stop working what they were doing for last 4 5 years or last 2 years maybe somebody would but maybe not right if somebody has a very innovative protocol or they are running for years they would what they would do is they would move right and countries i think cannot risk that to to become the next silicon valley or to become the next austin or to become the next bangalore
So I do have a question here, but before that, I want to kind of give a little context on um, the Tim Ferriss novel Ravi Kant uh, mentioned that you did, and I and I love it. Um, I've been following Tim Ferriss for uh, quite some time now, and um, uh, through him, I got to know about novel. Through him, I got to know about Balaji. So for the listeners, um, Tim Ferriss is a prolific podcaster. He has, I think, um, one of the most popular podcasts um, ever. I would say, I think, around like seven, eight hundred million downloads so far. Um, and he's also the author of, for the people who might know, the Four Hour Work Week and the Four Hour Series. So he has like Four Hour Work Week, Chef, uh, Four Hour Body, things like that. Body. Um, yeah, great podcast. Uh, I think one of my go-to when I'm going out, walking my dogs, or or doing something like that. Novel Ravikant is another. He's he's something else. Um, I think his podcast on Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss are two must-watches. Um, and of course, I think everyone who's on Twitter would know his uh, thread on how to um, how to get rich without getting lucky. So definitely, I'm I'm actually planning on framing it on my wall so I can just have it all the time. Um, sorry, my dogs are going crazy. Can you hear that? Yes, I can. Um, That's okay. Yeah. So. So Nabil is also, um, he's an investor. He has been an early investor in things like, uh, I think, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Um, not Instagram is, yeah, whatever. Like uh, like all of all of like the tech unicorns. Like the he's a founder of AngelList. Yeah. Um, and Balaji is, I don't know exactly what he does, but he's, uh, he's, I think, one of the early, he created some of the protocols of um, Bitcoin and blockchain, something like that, right? He's also like a, a prolific, um, uh, person within the blockchain community, basically. So that's a little context. I, I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, but highly recommend people who are interested in, in our conversation so far, uh, to go check out those things as well. Um, right. So I did have a follow up question, right? About um, sorry, uh, about how some governments are incentivizing and some are not, right? Um, so another point that I would I would like to highlight, and again I have another LinkedIn post about this, but um, I think back in 2020, yeah, China banned Bitcoin, right? And China is um, the biggest country with like it had the most number of uh, people working on Bitcoin, right? Nodes, so nodes, yeah, yeah, most number of nodes, right? So um, in Bitcoin, there's this thing called the hash rate, which is basically how many number of um, transactions are being verified uh, like like how many times is uh, is like a verification happening on the entire chain right and after the china ban uh, the hash rate went i don't remember the exact numbers it went it halved right it halved from um, i think it was like yeah i don't remember what the exact number was and it came back within 6 months and this is still that i think so far china is, has still banned bitcoin right it's still banned in china so I think that is a very strong indication. Like I was like, I heard about this on, um, on one of like, I think Balaji's podcast or something like that. And I actually went back and checked, like I went to the website. I did like, I, I checked around, I did my research and that's when it kind of like really went into my head that, okay, Bitcoin is really here to stay. Um, because it, it's kind of like TikTok, right? Um, even we saw the same thing with TikTok and like the kind of tech, like revolutionary technology. Um, because just the TikTok algorithm is, is is just so good at predicting with no other metrics, yeah. but just your watch time, it's able to like gather so many people and retain them. So exactly the same way for Bitcoin as well. Um, but 
talking back about like the governments so bitcoin is decentralized right so i'm curious to know what a government's incentive would be is it just that um, more people are coming to the country meaning that overall like the physical economy would um, kind of flourish or is there uh, like some sort of implication of bitcoin being in one country because the governments would not mo- like financially benefit from bitcoin right because again it's decentralized there's no tax there's, like there's no transaction um, or like monetary benefit from bitcoin but like now thinking about it i would assume that if you have more smart people then like there would be auxiliary benefits of them being in your country if that makes sense yeah so i think uh, so i would not say that it would like i think you you corrected yourself that ultimately it will benefit so let's talk about what is the decentralization right because some might might hear this word but might not know right so centralization is basically you can one entity is in control decentralization is there is no one entity which is in control right so it's a decentralized behavior so it's not in anybody's control so bitcoin as a so bitcoin is only one cryptocurrency right there are other cryptos uh, ethereum uh, so many other solana and all other chains right so uh, all of so not every everything is decentralized in crypto as well right so we'll have to look at that the nodes and everything so let's assume we are talking about bitcoin and bitcoin is extremely decentralized so what will be the benefit for the uh, for the countries uh, first of all i think the transaction increases first nobody is in the community at least when i talk to people nobody is against the taxation right of course it has to be reasonable so one is that once the transaction moves there uh, they will definitely they can extract the, the the tax revenue and everything in fact it is easier on blockchain because everything can be checked everything is on chain and can be checked and it can also be i mean i was thinking about it that it can also be automated if you put a smart contract and that the tax is automatically deducted once you send it to somebody so there are many use cases which again in the future maybe someday we'll see them uh, so why would government be incentivized i think the right question might be why would they ban it but i think why would they not why would they why would they not why would they ban it right or why would they be de- let me think through it because see the government angle is always always comes up and always there are different questions and different angles which you can brought in right and of course i don't know how they are thinking about it even when i talk to them some of them don't know some of them are like ah, we'll we'll see once they recorded and i don't know if you have heard our rbi governor who said that cryptocurrencies are a scam and everything because uh, there's no physical so think, thing tied to it yeah so i think uh, honestly why would they not why would they be incentivized to why would they be incentivized to to favor this the only angle not the only angle but the angles which i see is uh, the talent right which they want to keep it uh, but also the tech structure but also so bitcoin as a technology bring lot of efficiencies within the ecosystem right because you don't have to trust a centralized agency centralized identity so lot of accounting and everything can be automated so there is lot of uh savings which can be had so earlier when you were asking right why banks are using it banks are using it to send it because of the savings there is no trans- so to move money there is a transaction cost right now you can say there is also a transaction cost in bitcoin but it is way lower right to send billions of dollars the cost is 
almost nil nothing right so there are constant savings which you can also have but again that's not a that's ultimately that is going to become a big 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 factor later but not right now until unless everybody starts using it so how i see this is government are right now incentivized not to ban it ultimately they will be incentivized to use it if that mm. makes sense so right now they can they did ban it right india did ban it in 2018 when the supreme court had to come in and do that at that time it was possible but right now if they do ban it then first of all on the world stage we will look at we don't favor innovation and we are not open to innovation there will be a move of talent so right now we are at a stage where the government cannot ban it uh, we are not at a stage where government favors it i think it will come how that would happen can i can only see it that protocols are being built some things which we are using daily and then government cannot you know cannot just ban ban it because now there are so many millions of people who are being benefited there are so many millions of jobs who are, which are working on the blockchain there are so many things which are happening if that makes sense and again i am not an expert on on what is government thinking what is doing so i might be wrong here cool <clears throat> yeah so great and we are back this has been a very interesting conversation um but i think it's it's also good to have these 40 minute blocks so i think we can kind of reset every time um and be able to control the the narrative um yeah but yeah so nfts let's I would love to like. What's your interest in NFTs? Like, and how did it start? When did it start? Like for me personally, I, I um, it started with uh, I don't know if you've heard NBA Top Shots. So I'm I'm into basketball, hence the Jordan post. NBA Top Shots, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm into basketball, and and I think that's where uh, when Top Shots was becoming like a really big thing, um, I, it kind of caught my attention and. to be honest i find i i thought that it was the stupidest thing ever like i can go on instagram and youtube and like watch that video there was no reason for for anyone to pay that much amount of money to to buy a video right if it was like um if it was like some sort of merchandise or you know like a t-shirt or a signed jersey or something like that it kind of makes sense uh, but yeah i really thought it was it was damn stupid i was like who would do this why are we doing this um, but i think that kind of snowballed into me um finding uh, the board ape uh, yard clubs and all of like the the apes that are going on and uh, i actually got on twitter only for nfts uh, if you go to my profile and you go back to to my tweets and likes it has always been like people who are saying um, you know those tweets that say oh retweet and tag to people for uh, white whitelist spot or <laughs> retweet to get a free nft it has only been that um yeah and then yeah i think uh, a few months ago i got my first nft <clears throat> again like it was it was just um to be honest i did not research about it uh, as much as i probably should have it was i think worth like 100 150 $100, but um as i don't know if you follow um his name is nasim taleb i think or i might be getting I his don't. name wrong Uh, Nasim Talib, right? so, yeah. Nasim Nicholas Talib, yeah. Yeah, so he has this concept of skin in the game, which I really like. That yes. if you want to learn something, you need to have skin in the game. Um, so that was like my way of having skin in the game, right? Like just 
putting myself out there, putting my money on the line, um, and then like forcing myself to learn uh, rapidly. But yeah, that was kind of my journey. Um, but would love to know yours, how you started, where you are right now, and kind of what what you hope to get out of NFTs. Yeah, I think it's the same as with the uh, with with the Bitcoin, right? So again, NFTs that's a one use case of a blockchain. So when it came up, the first thing which blew up was in 2017 when Crypto Kitties came, right? And Crypto Kitties mm-hmm. is just a cute cat pictures which you can own, and you can own two cats, you can breed them and have babies and all of those things, right? So, oh, so I it blew up the okay. market. So crypto crypto uh, kitties, which was a 2017 thing, uh, okay, it it choked the Ethereum network at one point because there oh, were wow. so many transactions which were happening, right? So that was the first. I mean, not the first, but that was also the NFT moment. But of course, it, then we had a winter, uh, the beer market, huge beer market, and then I think it started with the NBA Top Shot. Uh, and for those who don't know, NBA Top Shot is just uh, it's like a short of those NBA moments. So dunk moments and all of those moments, which you can own, right? Uh, and of course you can resell and we'll jump into it. So, but my personal journey, so I, because I was in the, in the, in the crypto at that time as well, I was buying and I was holding crypto and I was doing a lot of research on Ethereum. So when it came up, like crypto kitties came up, of course I was excited, but of just because I am crypto doesn't mean I am not skeptical about things. Okay. So I was also skeptical. You could just get pictures who would pay that much. And at that point I bought something, but did not care much about that. And later uh, again, uh, my journey kind of also started from NBA top shot. So when NBA top shot started blowing up then, uh, and, and then when I, and, and when, when I went back and saw, okay, it's great. Then OpenSea came up, and uh, OpenSea is the most used uh, platform to buy and sell NFTs. So my my use case, my my journey was also from NBA Top Shot actually. So we we are the same. And you did the right thing by going on Twitter. I will tell you that everything happens on Twitter in in yeah. in, in, in NFTs, right? So it is it is called Crypto Twitter CT. Uh, so again, so that was my journey on 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 NFTs, and that's how I I got into it. Then I understood more, learned more about the tech, and uh, knew before, like in 2017, that okay, there is this NFTs. But then after NBA Top Shot started blowing up because people started putting up more use cases, then Board Ape Yacht Club came up, and uh, Crypto Punks, Crypto and started shooting. There's a lot of volume which started going, and then. So I bought it because I wanted exposure, right? Initially I bought it because I wanted exposure, exposure in terms of like, okay, I can speculate in there, but also that there will be use cases, there will be other use cases. So I was also fascinated. In fact, I I feel there are many use cases which are yet to come, which is not happening right now. Uh, and I'm waiting for those right now. There is a lot of PFPs and other projects, which again, we'll talk about more in detail, but my initial interest was to get exposure to understand the tech. And like you said, if you have a skin in the game, you do the research. I wouldn't have put in the work if I would not have the money in which, so, uh, you know, it helped me to, to grow my assets and, uh, that's how I got in. Yeah. Yeah. That's. That's very interesting. Um, 
what what's on your radar right now and even before that like what are um certain because gyan center is about um deconstructing everything right like the behind the scenes of everything so i think it would be very helpful um like looking back if if i was listening to this conversation do you have any go to resources uh, maybe even on twitter some people that you follow or um uh, certain blogs or um places that you go to to like understand more or um to like have a pulse on um like the nft market right because i say this so um a few weeks back i i went down this rabbit hole right i spent like about i would say 4 to 5 hours uh, in a matter of uh, like 4 to 5 hours every day after my work for like an entire week to learn more about nfts because i was like what is this nft like i've made a video about it but i'm still not very clear like if someone asks me like i wouldn't be able to explain it to a 5 year old right so i want to be able to do that um and i mm. and i went to youtube i i watched tutorials on how to buy nfts how to create nfts uh, the concept of minting right so minting is when a project has first started and you buy it directly from the people who are creating it right and then you kind of resell it so usually um if you want to get like the best price for an nft um you should ideally mint it because uh, like after that it would like if it's a good project the price will go up right i would also say that from personal experience discord is like a great way to um find projects and to kind of gauge if it's a good project or not right because nft at the end of the day is about communities so the more people that are buying and selling nfts the volume goes up meaning interest also in it goes up and whatever you put in that also goes up right um another very interesting thing about nfts is that whatever you buy like if let's say i am i buy something off of you whoever i sell it to i will sell it to more than the floor price right so floor price is like the minimum price of the project at least from what i understand um so every time you sell it the floor price also increases um is that you not you can let me know you can let me know yeah if that's true or not but yeah i think twitter is my go to uh discord for uh the projects that um i find interesting or i find um you know worthwhile that i might invest in them and i think uh, a really good way to gauge is how much interest is in that discord right like how active are the members um on twitter of course there's novel and i think once you get on twitter you can just like just follow people um and just see what they're saying i think twitter is brilliant that way because you just end up in the right place because you end up like following threads and reading threads and um more often than not there are a lot of people that refer back to like one person who is who's an expert in that space um yeah but yeah any other uh, resources that that you have leveraged in your um time using nfts yeah. about nfts so i think let's deal with the elephant in the room which is what are these nfts okay mm-hmm. for those like you said for those who don't know and also i think when i was in the crypto space and not in the nft space all i was doing was researching protocols buying them and holding so i don't trade right i invest so i was investing when i was investing in cryptos not nfts right all i was doing was researching finding protocols which would have a use case which has a good team good tech and just holding them and waiting for them to increase in price right or holding forever just so that because i know that they are going to change the the, the ecosystem 
when i get into nfts nfts not like you mentioned the right point it is not only about buying and selling it is also about finding your tribe so you go to instagram you go to twitter you go to tiktok you do all of those things because what you are looking for is you are looking for your kind of people right you started following people you like now nft put that into perspective and monetize that network also right it's all about the community right so you can find your community and you said correctly like it is on discord but again we'll jump right into it so nfts become more interesting in that way because you are see i am meeting people on discord who are from different countries and it is like a global community there are a lot of jargons there are a lot of you know i don't know if you have heard of wagmi we are going to make it and gm we all say gm gn right because somewhere around the world there is always a gm gm is good morning right there is always a good morning so we keep saying that and there are also uh, all of those things so it's not about a particular country anymore it's all about a global ecosystem it becomes and it does feel like a family of course there are some toxic behavior from some people because people are involved but mostly it's very supportive imagine uh sending a discord me- message to a billion dollar organization and that the founder responding right that actually happens in web3 and it is there are some web3 ethos like keeping it open keeping it decentralized and i see majority of people following it of course there are some rugs like there are some uh, various frauds as well which we'll talk about so what let's jump into what like what are nfts right for those who might not know so nft is simply non fungible token okay what i did there was explain nothing non fungible token you won't know what is non fungible token right so let's deal with what is fungibility so if you have one bitcoin i have one bitcoin we can exchange it and it's the same right that fungibility if you have 100 rupees i have 100 rupees it's the same so the value is same so that's fungibility non fungibility means that it's not the same right so all the nfts are not the same in fact nfts of the same projects are not the same right so a famous nft project is board ape yacht club if you have one board ape and i have another board ape we it's not the same value right it cannot just be exchanged like without without considering uh, without considering other things right so it will have different rates and now when you look at that you can look at in re- that actually more applicable in the real world like you and me everybody is different we have 7 billion people but everybody is different right we have we so nfts cryptocurrency is one use case of a blockchain nfts are different use case nfts can be used to represent a different all these different tech, different different concepts right now so non fungibility you understand what is fungible what is non fungible now let's see what is the token right so to understand a token i think all of us would understand when we go to mother dairy right when we we go to buy that milk they give us a token we put the token we get the milk right or go back to your childhood we used to play i used to play video games you put the token in and that gives you one chance to play with that right so token is what token is representing something else in in the video game token is representing that i have one life in when i am taking a milk it is representing that i have one liter of milk right so token represents something right so token tokens can represent anything which is which is done now these tokens non fungible tokens are tokens on the blockchain right most of these are on ethereum okay most of these are on ethereum but they can be on different blockchains and, and so on solana or on near on others and there are coming up but most of these 
are on Ethereum because Ethereum is the most trusted decentralized network so far that we have. Okay, so non-fungible tokens are these tokens. Now, but what, how is that different and how, what is the use case? So imagine, uh, imagine a plot of land, right? Now, plot of land, every plot of land would have, let's say it has five different houses of different sizes. Now you can represent that with different NFT tokens, okay? You cannot represent it by Bitcoin or Ethereum because Bitcoin Ethereum has the same value, right? But you can represent the, the features of that and write that on chain, okay? One of the use case, which I would love to see, which I think some companies are building, but not, is uh, in India, we have most of the cases on property, right? So, okay there's somebody's fighting with somebody because there is a property case and it's going on for years, right? Uh, imagine if you put a plot of land on the blockchain, right? But every part, like suppose every building is represented through their traits, right? You have from longitude this to latitude this on the, on, it's called A token, B token, C token, D token, and whoever has that NFT has this place, right? So you can represent real world assets which are different through NFTs. Does that make sense? So non-fungible tokens are basically tokens which represent something. It can be in the real world or it can be in the digital world. Okay. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Uh, it is one of the use cases. There can be other use cases. You might hear the word ERC721. Okay. Which is just a standard of NFTs on Ethereum. Okay, so how Ethereum, uh, it, it is just a standard like ERC20 is a standard of a token. So Ethereum gives you a platform to build tokens, right? So ERC20 is a crypto token. So imagine that if you have to build an app on uh, Google Play Store or you have to build an app on the App Store, right? They give you some standards which you have to follow and you are approved. Similarly, Ethereum gives you some standards which you can use, which will make it easier for you to hold the tokens on Ethereum. So ERC-20 is for cryptocurrency tokens. Similarly, ERC-721 is for NFT tokens. It's simply like if Adil wants to build his NFT, he will follow the ERC-721 standards and that's how he will get approved and his, his tokens would be available on the Ethereum chain, which anybody can buy and sell. Okay, so, so don't get confused with ERC-721 or ERC-720. There are others. Just one there, second there. Is this... Is this very similar to uh, like the normal protocols that we see like HTTPS or um, FTP or something like that? Just like the crypto equivalent? You can say that, not technically, but yes, you can say that. Okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, right. you can say, like when you see, absolutely, when you see HTTPS, you know that it's secure. So when I see ERC721, I know that it is an NFT on Ethereum. All right, okay, yeah. So those are NFTs, right? Uh, now let's talk about why, again, why this is a big deal. What? So again, it is, when we talk about blockchain, uh, when we talk about cryptocurrencies, cryptocurrencies represent money, right? So what ultimately they're solving is a problem of sending money digitally, 
right? Uh, so digitally sending money is solved by cryptocurrencies, but real world assets, if you want, see, we have seen in our lives because I mean, I am the 1990s generation, the millennials, right? So we have seen the transition from not having a phone to having a phone and going to the smartphones, right? So we have seen that how something when it goes from offline to online can change the world and can really bring up the scale, right? Nobody's heard that e-commerce would be so big right? But once Flipkart came in and they brought in the COD, it, it, it became a big deal, right? Similarly, so why I think ERC721 NFT is a big deal is because now we have a method to represent a real world assets digitally. Okay. So we are now we can take everything digitally, right? Imagine you being able to represent your all the assets digitally. Right, you have a phone; it can be represented digitally. You have, uh, you have, uh, you have land; it can represent it digitally. Where what happens when you can represent digitally is that you can now trade it easily. But you can also, it's more. Uh, I mean, just like what you have with the currency, right? Uh, what, what is the issue with the physical currency and the digital currency? So now imagine you can represent everything, everything digitally, but also you can also use the digital tokens, right? You can also own the digital items, really own. Suppose I send you my image, right? You don't own it. You have it, but you don't own it. Now imagine if you can own, own, own those images. Now we'll go and I think you will have the right questions for me to dive deep into, okay, why does it matter and all of those things? So I'll stop here, but that's what it is. What is NFT and why this is a big deal? Yeah, I think, I think especially for the creator economy, which has um, really boomed during the pandemic, um, NFTs are uh, are quite important because again, like to do with ownership and um, to reduce any sort of plagiarism, any sort of uh, you know copying things like that. Um, and more than anything, I I love the fact that once you like NFTs have that I don't know what it's called like the every sale um, after an NFT is created, a portion of it can be programmed to go back. To the owner to the to the original creator right so um as a creator i i imagine that okay let's say if i created a piece of art or you know like a graphic design or something like that in perpetuity or even like in your house example like i can make a house and every time that house is sold like five percent or ten percent of it will come back to me so that i feel like um like creating value and give, like kind of funneling it back to the source, which doesn't really happen these days, right? Um, it's quite critical in that aspect. Yeah, I would, I would, I, I would want to ask you this one question that I think um, we had a back and forth on when we were emailing our talking points also. So you mentioned, and we'll again go ahead with the house example, right? So um, let's say that we have a house or, or a piece of land for that matter, um, and I create a token for it, right? So the token and like the sale of the token or, or using the sale of the token as a way to verify makes sense. So that handles like the verification part. But I was curious to know, or, or I'd be curious to understand how the validation of the underlying asset works, right? In the sense that, yeah. um, for instance, let's say I have a piece of land, right? And I say that um, it is, I don't know, like a hundred square feet. But how do I, like, how is it validated that, and let's say I have a piece of land, I create a token and for like the next one, two years, that token keeps on going from one seller to the other, right? And none of the people actually want the land. It's just like a tradable asset, 
and like no one wants to use it they just want to make money off of it which makes sense right nfts are great to do that but i'm like let's say the seventh buyer i and i actually want to make my house on it how do i make sure that the token that the piece of land that the token represents is actually the same piece of land that is is there in like physical reality if that yeah yeah, yeah yeah right so absolutely like, so because like i feel because i was thinking and i was thinking of it from the um the idea of shoes right because i'm also a little bit into shoes and shoes reselling has really like it has like insanely increased over the past like especially over the pandemic yeah, yeah. and um having fake shoes and identifying fake shoes is like a big problem so i was thinking from the point of view of um like if i can let's say i have like a few pair of air jordans right so if i can make them into an nft but what's to stop me from like just switching them into like a fake pair and when the final buyer actually asks me for it i i'm sending the like so how does that validation happen um with the verification okay. yeah so 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 i think to explain this again uh, land and property is a bad example and a good example as well bad because see land registry is controlled by the government right so you cannot just you know create your own nft and represent the land right because ultimately it has to be registered in the right so how it can it will it should happen is that the government would have to allow that right so the contract which is created now the contract is what it's a code the code which is created is by the government right so the government creates a code that's a contract on the ethereum blockchain and says that this contract represents the land registry in let's say uttar pradesh or let's say the entire india right so now your nft of your land would be a part of that contract getting my point so that nft would be would be minted from that contract you talked about minting right minting is the first issue of that nft right so when it will be issued the first time it will be minted from the original contract okay. which will always be verifiable so can you create multiple copies of course you can create your own nft of that same land but will it have value no why because the the real one which would have value is one which is verified by the government hmm. okay so that contract similar to like board ape yacht club so people say that what is stopping me from creating another board ape yacht club nothing is stopping you that's the beauty right you can go and create it would it have value no because i can see i can see that that is not part of the original contract which was created right why would i buy something which is a copy of something i would buy yeah. the original one so can you create copies of your own land of course can you sell it digitally yes you can fool people and people might buy it but would it have value ultimately it's a fraud you are doing right what would have value is the land which is registered on the government contract think about it in this way that can you create fake documents of your property yes but which one would have value the one which is approved by the stamped by the government so that contract works as a stamp by the government the good thing is to verify your document you would still depend on somebody else like you would have to go suppose you i you buy purchase a property from me i give you fake documents it will still take you some time to verify it right you would go somewhere you would say oh this is fake right it's very easy i will click and i will see the original contract and the contract is verified i go on the whatever and it's it's ticked right so i know that this is the correct one i don't have to go anywhere think of this also in the in terms of uh, like your your degree 
let's suppose you graduated from mit you graduated from uh, whatever college right now that college has a contract right verified contract it is listed on their website that this is our contract you can see all the people who have graduated and you can just quickly verify i don't know if you have seen but twitter started these uh, verified yeah. pfps yeah. profile pictures right? right so the the profile pictures which you see in that uh, hexagonal shape if you click on that picture you can actually go to the original contract and verify whether the person actually owns it right so twitter gave you the way similarly you can verify this right the another example which you gave so we we talked about the land how you can verify there was one another sorry i forgot there was another thing you talked about right uh, i think shoes shoes yes so shoes is like it has blown up the sneakers purchase and 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 going so verifiability again the same thing would happen right whether you actually send the original one or not is again up to you because ultimately let's say the i buy the original nft which actually represent the physical token but then the physical you have to ship right now you can do a fraud there but again there are there can be a code which is there which you can verify but you also lose your reputation right so if you are there only to do one of a transaction so there can be protocols on the chain suppose let's say i block your ethereum right until unless you ship me once you ship to me and once the buyer verifies that okay this is fine then only the payment is released right so there right. are other ways where it can happen plus you as a player see it is all about aligning the incentives right if you want to do a fraud you can but you lose the reputation because it will know right the good thing is that the system would know because every transaction is on the chain so it would know that you you cannot claim tomorrow that i did not send it or i did not buy it because i can see it on chain if that makes sense hmm. okay so that's how the the, the verifiability and everything works um about about nfts that makes sense are there any um content creators or are there any people who um regularly talk about nfts that you follow that you would recommend yes i think before that let me also touch on the point which you mentioned that right now what i i am explaining about is the inherent use case of the technologies right mm. now we see more use in the creator economy mm. why because see whenever there is a new tech usually you 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 see adoption where it is easier and have more benefits right the 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 technology would have much more many more use cases like the land thing right now that land registry should happen if that has to work the government has to be involved there are many technologies yeah, exactly. right so it's a far off use case right what is really happening right now is the 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 revolution in the creator economy right so let's say you are a digital creator you sell digital pictures or you are a physical creator as well you sell pictures uh, you sell paintings or or you make music or you make films what happens is once you sell it it's with the buyer you don't make any money suppose you are a painter i buy your painting now it's mine i pay you one time money some some commission you pay to the to the to the show maker and everything but then after that you won't make any money but what now we come back to full circle to what ethereum does ethereum is a smart contract you can import it in the code how much money is to go where right so when you can import that 5% of the sale always goes to the creator right 
something becomes popular. I bought it for hundred dollars. Now I bought it for two hundred dollars. Sell it. Every time the sale happens, the creator would make five percent commission, right? And that also incentivizes the creator to create good content or to create good pictures because that five percent commission can become huge. Just go and look at on OpenSea the volume on Bordep Yacht Club, right? So the volume would be in millions, right? In billions, it is touching billions. So even five percent of a billion dollar is a lot of money which you can make, right? And and the reselling is going to happen because the, those who bought Bode bought it at what zero point zero eight, which was let's say two hundred dollars, right? Now it is worth around two hundred thousand dollars. So along the way, there were many people who sold, right? So as they sold, the creator, original creator, made money. Right. There is many. Right now, there is a war going on in Ukraine. Right. Uh, so there are many creators from Ukraine now. Suddenly, the crypto Twitter, everybody started posting, and people started buying. I think there is a they have raised around ten million dollars as well through cryptos and everything. So that's the revolution which is happening in the in the in the in the creator economy right now. So there are many in the Indian ecosystem as well, uh, and there are many uh, across the world who I follow. One of the important person. So if if you are starting in NFTs and if you want to understand from the very basic, right? Okay, what is it? What is the revolution? What is about culture and and philosophy and everything? I would rec- highly highly recommend to read all the threads by Punk six five two nine. Okay, and we'll leave the we'll leave the Twitter link in the uh, in the show notes. Mm-hmm. But it's Punk two five six five two six five two nine. He would. He, Six five two nine. He has threads on everything, right? Uh, so, what is the lingo that we use? What is the what is the significance of this technology? And he's the one who is building like a like a museum of art. So he's collecting all the famous uh, NFTs and everything. And 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 I highly recommend it. If you are looking more from uh, you know Indian perspective, there is also I also collect his art. And he recently launched uh, his. Uh, Collection as well, which has uh, these uh, Bollywood actors' images, right? Uh, so it is Prasad Bhatt, and again, he has his collection on OpenSea and everything. And we'll we'll leave his comments on the show notes as well. There is again, uh, there is an again another artist who is uh, using these uh, uh, goddesses, India Indian god and goddesses, in his images, and his his is again Vimal Chandran. Which I who I follow him. Technically, if you want to understand more, like again, I am not a technical. Can you hear me? Yeah. So I am not a technical person. I can read code. I cannot write it. But if you are technically interested, okay, how do I build my collection? Uh, how do I generate NFTs? Then there is uh, Anish Agniotri. Again, uh, he was with Paradigm Research, but he puts a lot of good content and he's involved with a lot of other NFT projects as well. He was also involved with Loot as Loot, uh, which is again a famous uh, NFT project. But all these people are 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 uh, Indians, and and they are responsive. That's the that's the big thing about uh, about the the community as well. So that is again we are coming to the creator part. So that is the use case. These are the people you can follow. Uh, these are the people you can follow, and 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 I think you would be good. In fact, just six five two nine. I read every thread of him. There are very long threads, right? Fifty sixty. But once one thread a day should put you up to speed to everything which is happening in the NFT space. Definitely. 
So I do have a I have a question here, but even before that, um, for people interested, uh, getting into NFTs uh, and buying NFTs is actually surprisingly simple, right? Um, so more often than not, people I'm sure already know of uh, these exchanges like Wazirex or uh, Binance, um, even CoinDCX. So uh, what you need is like a crypto wallet, which is more often than not um, like just a Chrome extension, um, and you buy uh, from fiat, fiat being your normal currency, INR or USD, you buy uh, a little bit of whatever crypto you want to from um, fiat, you transfer it to your OpenSea, uh, you transfer it to your uh, wallets, which is, I use MetaMask, uh, I feel like that's the safest for me, um, but there are others as well. I think I also have one um, on Solana, but I'm forgetting the name. Um, and time. Uh, yeah, you just go on the website or even you go on OpenSea. OpenSea is like the Amazon of uh, NFTs. And then if you have enough and if you have enough crypto, which uh, of late I've been finding that I really can't afford some of these things. But uh, if you have enough, it's just like a one click thing and you can um, buy it right after that. Cool. All right. Okay. So you brought up a great point. Why should NFTs have value, right? But I think before that... Um, I, I, so India historically, right? And I think this goes back to my um, shoe example, right? Because shoe resale has been, um, or anything resale for that matter, has been like a Western concept. Um, historically, like buying something that is secondhand has always been um, looked down upon in India, right? Like why are you buying secondhand? Even yesterday, I, I was out with a friend of mine and I, and I told him that um, like if I were to buy a four-wheeler, I would probably just like get a secondhand car, right? That doesn't mean I would buy like a secondhand 20 year old Maruti 800, but like it just makes more sense because it doesn't have, um, like the minute you buy something, it loses value, right? So it's not adding on to your um, net worth in any way. And the immediate response I got was uh, something down the lines of why would you do that? There's no way to verify if it's, you know, like the right, uh, like if it's working condition or, or things like that. And I feel that exemplifies um, like the general sentiment that we have for buying something that was bought by someone else, right? And I think, uh, ironically, that is exactly what NFTs are. Like NFTs are made to be resold. So like, how do you look at that cultural aspect of it, right? Because culturally reselling is really not something that I find people around me comfortable with, right? But is it that just because it's in the digital space, people will look at it a different way? Or is that like a cultural barrier that NFTs and mass adoption will have to kind of overcome uh, in order to gain that rapid uh, acceptance in India? That's an interesting question. But I think before, before that, I think I will add one caveat that buying and reselling is just one use case of an NFT. Right? There can be other use case. That is the first use case because that is being used by the creators right now. But that is not the only use case of NFTs. Right. But you hit a good point of that culturally we are used to like buying. You want, we want the new things. Uh, the good thing is when you're buying something digitally, there's no difference between new and old. Right? right. If it is a digital image, there's no VR and TR. Right. It's a digital image. It's the same. You buy it and you, you you sell it. So I think culturally, I understand that the the concept of you know buying and selling uh, is is new. But I think the concept of uh, you know reselling for the benefit for the you know when increase in profit is not. In fact, uh, 
I see a lot of reselling of uh, of these bikes and cars. Now we have a lot of many companies where where we we happen. What we need is we need assurance. Okay. So a lot of reselling, we don't do that P2P, like person to person, because we, we, we like, we are, okay, I'm, I'm personally not an expert, right? So when I go and buy a secondhand car, I don't trust myself that I can do that. But I would trust somebody else. Like I would go to a place which, which tells me, and I, I do uh, that, you know, we have done this, we have checked and you charge, they charge me a little more. Right. I can get less from you, but the charge me a little more, but I'm happy to pay because that is verified. Right. So I think we are, we are okay with that. Uh, another example is the same, how e-commerce went up in India. Right. Uh, we are inherently a trust deficit society. We don't trust that easily. How Flipkart solved it is by bringing COD. Okay. You yeah, don't trust me. We'll give you a cash on delivery. When you have things in your hand, then you pay. That's how it took off. And now people are more comfortable that, okay, it's fine digital. So I think culturally we need that initial, you know, initial push, initial tech, which will help us understand, get a groove on things. And then we are more comfortable. Uh, so we talk in, in that terms, I think NFTs are, once you understand the tech, once you know that it is easily verifiable, I think they can inherently remove that barrier and people would be, in fact, I see a lot of, you know, Indian traders of NFTs, on, on, on Twitter and talking about it and buying it. It is still way, way, way far uh, in the future when we would have adoption by, by, by more people. Uh, I think even in crypto, there are many people, I think in crypto, there are 10X, uh, there are only 10% of that population in, uh, who are buying NFTs right now. So even the crypto, those, those who have adopted crypto, even those have not adopted NFTs. So, for mass adoption, I think it is going to take a little more time than now. But uh, uh, the inherent question that culturally is it going to be, you know, in favor or not? I think it is going to be in favor, but we would need to see one of the use case where, you know, maybe it is going to happen through God and goddesses images, right? You buy them first digitally so that, okay, that is your first NFT. You bought Sita Ji, you bought Ramji. That is your first NFT now, now culturally. But then then there is also a cultural aspect whether you want to sell it for profit. I, I, I don't know. So I think it will be interesting to watch out. Of course, I don't have an answer to that, how that would happen, but I am hopeful that uh, it would be positive uh, from the Indian cultural perspective. I don't know if I answered your question or not. Yeah, no, I think I think that that kind of answers my question. Just one more question before we get into um, and I yeah. guess we should have got started with this, but like, why are NFTs important? But um, so you mentioned that you're in a third tier city right now, right? And um, obviously from like a tech standpoint, I would say that um, your understanding of tech and uh, where especially Web three is going is would be I would say miles apart from the average person in a tier three city. Um, how, like, is there, what is your thought process as an entrepreneur? Um, do you just wait it out and like, do you just wait for people to kind of understand and get on that bandwagon that, okay, you know, web three is actually good. Or is there something that, um, as an entrepreneur or as, as part of like that first wave of people that really understand how valuable it is that you, you try to disseminate that, that knowledge in the people around you. Yeah, I think, see, what I have seen and with me, me personally, with others as well, most of the people honestly start and including myself, start because we see that we can make money, 
right? We see that we can speculate and make money here. But once you go in, once you understand the tech, then you understand that it's beyond. It's more than us, right? It's 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 something which can change how things work. And all of us have faced these situations, right? When you are frustrated about certain things, you're going to a government department and you see this should happen better. So when you go understand this space, then you can see that there are a lot of solutions which can come out of this, right? So then around and and this is this is again a post on twitter that around 10% of the people would always convert into builders right so you start as a speculator you start investing in buying but then you become builder so think of this right now nft as a sandbox right an experimentation stage where imagine if you could have bought, you could have you you had access to buying amazon or facebook when they were just starting right this we are at that stage right now so there are many amazons which are being created right now and maybe if you are lucky you can get hold of that and you will make a lot of profit but there is also a lot of downside right your money can go to zero now when what happens in the sandboxes most of the sandbox would have to be funded or created by the government right or there has to be some incentives to for people to build the the good great thing about all of this is this is happening on its own there are people there are builders who are joining every day experimenting so overall it is very 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 positive for the innovation because the experiments are happening they're dying many people are losing money okay many people are making money but ultimately what what will churn out out of this is a, a diamond right an amazon or google of 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 web3 which will ultimately come out and maybe some of you would some of uh, some of the nft enthusiasts some of us hopefully me also would be part of that and some of uh, us won't be right so it is still a sta- sandbox stage is still a, an initial stage where we are just kind of starting to experiment and see the 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 real use cases right so i see lot of uh, builders building once they have made see once you have made and once you have seen the revolution once you have made some money there are two ways you can do you can see that it's easy money and most many people see that and sometimes it is and some people can start building which takes time right so there is lot of uh, lot of fraud a uh, lot of copy pasting we call copy pasta which happens in the space where you just copy uh, board ape and, and and release it make some money and go away so there is a lot of experimentation stage the, the 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 information is very new so personally i try to help people see the perspective like why i think it has value but i would never recommend somebody to just go and buy this so i would never tell you that okay you go and buy this one right i will tell you that how do you do the research how do you find out the projects so for us personally i think the good thing is everybody on twitter uh, or everywhere is trying to make people understand but you have to be careful because there are bad actors and good actors as well so if let's say suppose you have board board ap yacht club right it is in your incentive to pump that right mm. to post good things about it to even if you don't understand it right because ultimately it's going to increase your value and you can sell it and get out right so there are many like that that okay you have bought something let's say you buy something very early right you got the projects from your friend now what you do is you go out and pump it keep posting about it keep posting good thread let's say i am sitting here i i post about some i say something good about a project right and now suddenly you are like and all of us are looking for shortcuts right mentally right we don't have the time to read and do the proper research so okay i trust samir let me trust samir that okay he said this person let me buy it right never do that 
even if you buy something with somebody is recommending do your own research d y o u o r so that you can hold, see it's very hard to hold something from 200 dollars to 200000 dollars mm-hmm. even if i tell you even if we go back to may and i tell you adil buy board ape i can 100% i am 100% sure you will sell it when you would double your money or triple your money right because you don't understand inherently what it is but once you see the use case then maybe you become like okay this real value is not 200 or 2000 dollars it can go there right it can go to 200000 dollars or maybe you are not there for the money as well so it's very important so what many people including me we try to communicate that but we don't try to push because i think like i don't know you have seen that curve of use case right 2.5% is the yeah mm. the, the, the that image right so we are i think is still under 1% right so then less than 1% people in the world who have bought an nft uh, crypto is little more so we are still trying to go out of that curve once we go out i think it will come automatically plus i think we are far from real i mean it is building in the process but we are yet to see you know the real implementation of the technology once we'll see i think the use cases the people would come right now the 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 focus is on building i personally want to build projects and i'm focusing on them uh but yeah and 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 try to do that i think there is the good thing is that it's a like if you have an idea and if you can make use of this there's enough money in the market for you if you can build something you don't have to go out and raise from vcs you don't have to go out and raise for grants you can if if you can build something this is the platform web3 is the way you can build it and you can make money it's not that easy as it sounds but if i mean it's simpler and it certainly is another way than going to the vc route and all you need is a laptop and a good internet connection is what i would say right so a lot of a lot of my audience is um college students right uh, there mm-hmm. is like first second third year of college um and i think of late web3 is becoming more and more of the what software development was 5 years ago right like that's where the money is um now although the motivation behind um go like becoming a web3 developer only for the money i wouldn't endorse it but it's understandable that um kids these days would want to go behind the money first right like you said like that's a very direct incentive um what would you say is like a prerequisite um to do that like to become a developer like is it just normal programming languages that we have is it um more having like fundamental understanding of um mathematics or um is it like none of the above like i, I would be curious to know because i i have never like i know like i know software developers i know like back end front end okay like at least you have c++ html it seems relatable but being a web3 developer what does that really entail so first of all there is nothing wrong with making money if you want to make money okay it's just that you have to make it in a legitimized way and and make sure that you add some value and and that's how you 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 grow it in the future as well right uh, so web3 developer is one thing so first if you want to enter enter the web3 world it's not necessary that you are a developer okay so let me clear that so don't assume that okay you have to be a developer that's how you can enter i am not a developer i don't know how to code i can read codes but there is uh, it's like saying that okay you can only establish amazon if you are a developer it's not correct right it's like any other field you can always hire developers and do that but let's say if you want to be you want to be a web3 developers there are 
enough resources which are available in the market right the the first is the ethereum organization right the, the ethereum foundation which put up a lot of resources to build nfts and everything but even if you go on youtube and everywhere there are now no code tools where you and me can use those tools and build our nft project so it is not not at all uh a prerequisite what is a prerequisite is you will get a jump start if you already have a cs background if you are already a coder then of course you have a jump start because you would understand the language and solidity which is the main language of uh, ethereum network is not that complicated if you already know c plus plus java and python uh, so it's the same right it of course there will be a there will be some time which you which will which you will take there's a lot of focus on security so if you come from the security background then you can have that platform as well but let's say you don't because that's where i come from let's say you don't have a uh, that background you don't have a technical background you can still do a lot of things right so you can come from the tokenomics perfect perspective which is more finance background right so how how do you design tokenomics or what would be the structure of the platform uh, what would be the structure of the nfts what would be the uh, what would be the commission what would be the use case like how would you do that discord setup there are discord mods uh, we have not talked more about discord but entire nft market is on discord twitter that's it all you need is discord so if you want to just give it a try go on an nft project join their discord and you will find weird people intelligent smart people talking about something which you would not understand but give it a start and then you would know where to look for and people are helpful I think you need to have your studio, and I can come in, and then we can have a <laughs> conversation. That is the plan. That is definitely the plan. Yeah, anyways, I'm I'm sorry. I lost my thought. Uh, sorry. We, did we finish? Where was I? We're talking about discords and uh, various channels and people in Discord that you can ask questions to. <clears throat> Yeah, I think yeah. So I think Discord is a good way. So if you want to get in, uh, there are many platform where you have Web three jobs. Again, I'll send the link and you can post it if you guys are interested to look at that. Uh, because uh, and and yeah, I I think the most important thing and like I said, uh, you can message on Discord a billion dollar found, company founder and I have seen to at least eighty ninety percent chance, which is huge. that they would respond if you write a sensible message and you have a genuine question which cannot be found on google uh, so don't ask stupid questions but uh, so they're very open uh, on discord also see remember discord is communities of 10000 20000 people so and people are helpful because it it also ties back to your initial question when all of the all of the people who are inside in doing this think that they are also very early and they need to communicate to more people so they are more open and they are and and if you think in this way it is incentivizing them indirectly like if you own an nft somebody comes into that project and you are explaining to them and they end up buying ultimately it's increasing your value so incentives are aligned which is driving this much more and that's the whole part of how blockchain and everything that we want to align the incentives so that everybody can work in in the favor and of and everything and that's how the dao concept in web3 and everything comes in yeah maybe we'll leave dao for next time because i feel <laughs> this was already quite a heavy conversation yeah. um but yeah i would love to get into dao as well um i so dao for people who don't know is uh, uh decentralized autonomous organizations 
correct me if i'm wrong there yes um absolutely but yeah i've 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 heard a lot about daos um of late and you know like um especially a lot of creators are talking about it i think tanmay bhat is one who is doing a lot of investing so he talks um a bunch about daos um but we'll park that for part 2 so we already have content for part 2 which is great yes yes um one thing that i would like to say overall is that um i really feel like nfts are about community right so at the end of the day um that's a huge positive that i see that um like building communities that provide value to each and every member right so that can mean if you're staking your nft which means um you're basically saying i won't sell it i will keep it within the project um you get certain incentives it means if the project goes on and let's say makes a game then your nft kind of automatically gives you certain benefits within the game right so that can be um character unlocks or um certain level unlocks things like that a lot of different applications but i think is the community part that i find um particularly uh fascinating and most crucial i would say right which i feel ever since i started gyan central that also like the more i read about these things the more like it it kind of reinforces that notion that uh, community at the end of the day is is what matters right because even if we look at marketing we look at um like just sales in general like when you want to sell something you're basically selling it to a community of people who are facing a collective problem right so when when you buy apple products it's a community of people who want to have like a status symbol if you buy nike air jordans it's the community of people who want to do more when they're playing sports right who want to like be the best athlete they possibly can so i think yeah, community yeah. at the end of the day really is the foundation of um everything really like as humans um nfts really hits the nail on the head um and kind of monetizes community like you rightly said yeah um yeah, i think to kind of wrap up this conversation we can kind of go back to nfts uh like we talked about a, a little bit ago and just kind of preface um why are nfts important like why are they valuable at all uh, which i think you you rightly pointed out um so like like what like what's the big deal why are nfts so valuable yeah i think one thing which i'll share is that community is definitely a major part but it's not a necessity for an nft project mm. right so if I, you are an artist let's say you are building a very good digital art like people or uh, x copy and all of these different artists right and we'll post the names in the in the, in the group in the chat as well in the show notes, show notes. but uh, it's not necessary right it's just one of the use cases of having a community mm. and of course i personally like that but it's not necessary that you have that you can also align without having that community right so let's say you are an x copy or a people collector you itself is a community was bought but you might not be talking to each other's to the community and like you rightly said as humans our tendency is to like people who are like us right earlier there used to be communities locally you will find people you will play with your your tribe right now you do that digitally you go to pages on instagram or facebook and like and follow them those will where you see your there are people like you so discord and and nfts give you that tribe to finding that tribe right so so you can let's say you are aligned more with a certain type of basketball player then you can buy their nfts or you are in the cricket and there is nfts or cricket so there will be cricket fans and remember you paid for nba top shot because you are an enthusiast right you like basketball so maybe you like one of the player then there can be communities of that so it's it's monetizing and in everything uh 
to do that but let's come back to why nft should have value now this is a very good question why because people say okay you just paid ten thousand dollars for this image i can save it i can save it and there i have it of course you can do that you can replicate it as much as you want and it's fine right what but you won't own it right and now owning it might or might not come with other incentives right what do i mean by that let's suppose i have board eight yacht club board ape yacht club nft it's an nft now it's a picture of an ape you can go on OpenSea right now you can right click save it and there you have it but you don't have the rights of that image right so what nft also solves it right the proof of ownership okay you cannot you don't have a proof of ownership i have a proof of ownership now what does that proof of ownership gives me is the right to be part of that community so it is a picture of 10000 apes there are total i think 6500 or 8000 members i get to participate in that community so on discord when i'll go there will be a channel which can only be accessed by me mm -hmm. because i can prove my ownership what does that give me is that gives me my tribe that gives me people who already own board board now board yacht club is a example where people aminam is there right or uh, justin bieber recently bought it or uh, rihanna and there are other other people who bought it there are famous football players who are there now imagine sitting with them talking with them is that worth it i think it is like would you pay a million dollars just to sit with a room in a room with the uh, ambani or with the uh, with elon musk i think i would and many people would so you're not paying only for the image you're also paying for those incentives which comes with ownership right now buying let's say you're buying a ferrari that is a flex right you want to show that you can own a ferrari similarly now bodep is a flex it's a digital flex if you have an image of bodep in your twitter which i can verify I know you own an image which is worth 1.5, 2.5 crores, right? So there is certain digital flag, various benefits which come with it, which is not necessarily just a picture, right? It is also about the community. It is also about other things. Now, tomorrow, Bode, the, the, the organization Yuga Labs, which runs the, that, can also drop a token, right? to all those who own it if you own the image on your laptop you won't get it like i will get it mm. because i can prove it so there are various other benefits right and which which comes with that so nfts basically allow that to happen earlier there is no way so there is a way to form digital gated communities right mm. digital gated communities and also and provide legitimacy and also incentivize it while also maintaining the identity of the person Right? because mm -hmm. see, you can come back to me and you can say i can do that on instagram you follow my instagram but i will only allow those people who i want of course you can do that first of all it is against being open but okay we'll leave it to that but you you will also have to get the identity of everybody right there is a cumbersome process in this there is not right i can actually go and see who are or the owners of the board a yacht club and drop them something invite them to other things or there are multiple things i can do uh which can be done on chain so when you're buying it's not just an sorry about that again i think uh, other what we can do is like i'll, I'll finish it we can wrap it up but if yep, you yep, think yep. overall we need to add some things or delete something we can do a second recording as well and we can combine both okay because i think there is a lot to cover and we have to make sense of the, the chronology of everything right 
yeah, yeah that makes sense I, and I I'm, think... I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that it will be a lot of work for you no no that's all right um and even for the sense part uh, this isn't like this is not like a tutorial right like this is just us talking of course so i think there is also novelty in yeah. going back and forth um so it's okay i don't think you have to stress too much about uh chronology or anything like that absolutely um but yeah i think i think we can definitely wrap it up here uh th- this so I'll, was... i'll finish okay i'll finish then yeah. what i was saying yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so i think so now it is not a necessity that it would have something else right all these utilities i am talking about and nft can simply be an image but what the point is that you can prove the ownership so whatever right comes with ownership right think of it like mona lisa or monet any painting you buy right you can have it so you can you you and i can own a digital copy of it right but, but we cannot sell that the own mm-hmm. original owner can only sell that right now whether he bought it because he likes it or he bought it because he want to sell it or he thinks the art would appreciate that's his 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 point of view but what i'm saying is that it it nfts give you a a, a way to own digital items right and then we have not deep dived into how this is going to change the game industry how it is going to change uh, everything which earlier was not possible to own right in the digital world but again maybe maybe some other time but there are many 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 other use cases we have also not talked about interesting nft projects right that i would definitely mention one of it which is uh, i i think the name i'm i'm forgetting but, but it is AO Metaverse, right? AO is Australian Open. Okay, the I don't know if you are a tennis player or not, but uh, so they the, it is an official Australian Open project. What they did was they created NFTs of balls. I think ten thousand balls, seven uh, thousand balls, which are mapped to the to the court. Okay, and what they did was uh, they record whenever the ball. so the winning shot would touch a certain point on the court that mm-hmm. court point the point of that court would represent the ball right so if you own that ball right the digital representation of that ball and if the winning shot is hit on that spot you get the physical ball which was a winning with the winning ball right delivered to you so again another interesting use case but there are many other use cases many interesting projects which are being built uh and remember whenever there is a new tech right initially the use cases are similar to what we see in the real world right right so like earlier we used to buy books in the real world now we buy on amazon right but later as we grow the tech have use cases which are not possible in the real world right think about tinder swiping now there is no physical representation of swiping in the real world because you don't just do right or left right to select things but on digitally that's a good use case so i think we are at, at least we're just at the start and we are going to see some revolutionary tech some very interesting projects in the in in the future yeah yeah that makes sense it's just the start yeah definitely and i think we can definitely use this to keep revisiting this conversation um frequently to talk more about developments and um like the more i get into it the more um as i build my brand of kyan central i i definitely would want to have my own nfts at some point um of course like 
well thought of what the application would be like what is it actually for and not just like an empty nft um but yeah that's definitely on my radar as well yeah. uh but yeah i think we can wrap this up this has been a wonderful conversation um samir i think we have a, a ton of points and i'm i'm really excited to kind of put this out to the world because i know that i have friends around me that um would benefit greatly from um some of these basics and some of these questions that yeah. um we've talked about today um any closing thoughts anything that you would want to um mention to the viewers yeah i think i would say that we have really we did not get the time to talk about how do you get that it is not that easy right it is not right. that easy to if if basically you don't know anything about cryptocurrency or you have not bought any bitcoin or or ethereum yet it is difficult right it is still difficult to to get on board and 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 buy and nft because you have to set up your metamask wallet then you have to take care of seed so i think maybe next time we can talk about step by step like how do you go from not knowing anything to actually buying an nft what i would suggest everybody is if you are planning to buy it be be very careful in terms of how you buy it don't try to look for ways i the, the question i get is how can i get free money how can i get free crypto how can i get free cryptos yes you can but you can also be scammed there are 90% remember 90% or even more of the projects more, are yeah. scams even more are scams in scams where you would lose money so right. if you are just starting start with the money you are comfortable of losing so think of this as an experiment you will spend 5000 on a trip spend 5000 rupees or 10000 rupees on this it will be a very interesting trip for you but and if you lose money it's okay don't give up don't find out why you lost money you're not losing money because there are all the scammers but because you went to the scammers right uh, scams does not delegitimize the whole industry but because it is open because there is no regulation which is good and bad there are many bad actors as well and there are of course once you go into it there are ways where you would know whether you should do that or not so be extremely careful uh, everything is on twitter and discord i would suggest you to jump and and find out projects and jump into discords even when discords would always have some 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 place which would be open for everybody uh, so not restricted on the basis of nfts jump on any project ask questions people are helpful and we'll post the links on 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 uh, on twitter about people you can follow and and deep dive into it and maybe next time we'll go into how do you go a step by step from having a fiat to owning your your first nft as well yeah yeah definitely that that definitely sounds like a plan um thank you so much for this samir i think this was a wonderful conversation thank you adil um uh, i mean i was i think this checked off all the boxes on on what i was expecting um to learn from you and to to get that um additional knowledge but yeah this was great and i think i think this warrants a part 2 uh i feel like this definitely warrants a part 2 because we've left like you said quite a lot on the table um and i would love to revisit this in in let's say a few months and um, talk more in deep dive into whatever else is there to talk about thank you no i appreciate the questions i think you had great questions this is also my 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 first time so i appreciate it and i also learned a lot because you gave me food for thought and and to explain so thank you so much and uh, those who are listening keep following adil
<laughs> yeah. Thank you so much, Samir. We will close it here. And yeah, to the viewers, um, everything that we've talked about will be in the show notes. I will link um, all the projects, all the people that you can follow on Twitter, um, all of the threads even, all the resources that you want. I'll, I'll make it as exhaustive as possible. I will also link Samir's profile and um, some of his work. Um, so you guys can go and follow him as well. Um, but yeah, this has been great. And uh, Thank yeah, you, sir. look out Take for care. a part two. But yeah.